Good morning, church. Good morning and welcome to Riverside. So glad all of you are here and you're in the house today. And for all of you who are joining us for Church Online, thank you for being here as well. So, so grateful we can gather in this place. I know this is the beginning of spring break for a lot of our families. And so there are many people I know that are traveling and enjoying time away. But if, uh, if you're not and if you're still here, which a lot of you who are in the house are, hope you have a chance this week to enjoy some time with family and friends. And I hope our kids can enjoy some time out of school. Uh, what a blessing that is as well. Hey, Today we are continuing a series that we're simply calling God is for us. And, and if you weren't here last week, I would invite you to go back and listen. But, but here's the big idea behind this series. You know, we live in a world where the gravitational pull of our lives is away from God, right? We live in a world where, where because of that, because we live in a broken world where more often than not we're being tempted and pulled away from, from what God has for us, that we begin to ask questions like, where is God? And does, does God see? Does God know? Does God care what I'm going through? And because of that, life can be confusing. The spiritual life can be very disorienting. And what we want to do in these weeks leading up to Easter is we want to remind ourselves remind each other of this truth that God is for us. Uh, if you were here last week, you got a chance to do this, and I want to continue to, to invite you to take an advantage of this. These cards are, are in the foyer as you walk out this morning. You'll see them on, on your left. But we started this last week, and we want to keep doing this every week. Uh, if, you, if you did this, you can do this again. We want to fill the wall with these cards. It simply says God is for us, and there's a, a short prompt on there that invites you to write down a story of a time in your life where, where maybe you couldn't have seen it in the moment, but looking back, you can now see how God was with you and how God was for you during a difficult time. And if you haven't had a chance this morning, I would really encourage you to do this before you leave. Go out there, and there's over 100 cards already on the wall, and read some of the stories that are on the wall. I came up here Friday, and I just spent some time reading those cards. And let me tell you, my eyes just filled with tears as I read the stories that you shared. Stories of adversity, how at just the right time, God was with you, and God was for you. And truly, every testimony, it, it comes from adversity where, where God had the opportunity to prove himself faithful in your life. And we want to keep sharing these stories, keep writing down these stories. And I want to invite you to go back and read these stories because it will encourage you, encourage you in your faith, encourage you in your journey. It will remind you that God really is for us. And, and you may be here this morning or you may be watching online and you may think, I'm not sure if I believe that. And it may be that, that you're not a believer in Jesus, so you hear words like God is with you, God is for you, and you're, you're just not sure that, that, that you think that that's true. It may be that you are a follower of Jesus, but maybe you're in the middle of, of a hard time right now, and you're just not convinced, you're not clear on if God really is with you and God is for you. And if that's you, I want you to know that's okay. You're allowed to have doubts. You're allowed to have questions. And if that's you, I want to invite you just to keep leaning in, keep listening, and maybe just maybe see what happens. But today I want to start with this question, a true or false question, and just, just see what you think, how you would answer this. Here it is, a statement. What, what you think about determines how you feel, what you do, and who you become. Is that true or false? What you think about determines how you feel, what you do, 
and who you become. It all comes back to what you think about. Uh, Some of you know this, uh, my son, some of you may not, but my son is uh, gonna turn 16 in a few months, which blows my mind that we're at this point in life. But here we are, and and if you're a little bit older, you remember this, or if you're younger, you may be looking forward to this. But you know, when you turn 16, it's a big deal, right? Because you get your driver's license, you get excited about that. And what's really exciting is getting to think about, okay, what kind of car am I gonna get to drive? And he really is dreaming, by the way. He's dreaming about this. Um, and, uh, and it's a lot of fun. If I'm honest, I, I enjoy dreaming with him. But, you know, I know it's, I know it's lunchtime because uh, during, the, during the day, I'll get a text from him around lunchtime and he starts sending me all these cars that he's looking at online. And, and he's dreaming because they're, they're pictures of beautiful cars um, that we simply cannot afford. You know, he's, he's dreaming one day of a, this, you know, beautiful Jeep Wrangler. Maybe the next day it's a Ford Mustang. I told you, he's dreaming. And uh, he's got all these ideas about all these cars that he, you know, maybe we could look at, maybe we could think about. What he really needs to dream about is a DeLorean so I can go back to the future, place a few Super Bowl bets and uh, be able to afford these cars. But I'll tell you what's interesting. And maybe you've experienced this. This is really interesting. But whatever it is that he sends me a picture of, so, so let's just say it's a, it's a Tuesday and I get a text from him at lunch and he's texting me these, these Jeep Wranglers and they're awesome, they're beautiful. It never fails. I'll pick him up from school and we'll drive, be driving around town. And it, it seems like everywhere we look, all we see are Jeep Wranglers. Or maybe the next day, this, this, this actually happened. He texts me one day, these pictures of these Ford Mustangs, beautiful cars, right? The next morning we're on our way to school and I'm not even lying. We're, we're at a red light here in town and next to us, there's two back-to-back, Ford Mustang sitting next to us. I'm like, what is going on here? It's like everywhere we look, it's all we see. And the truth is this happens with everything. You've probably experienced this. Maybe you're thinking, oh, it's time to get a new, a new iPhone or new Android if that's your deal. And you're thinking about, you're shopping for a, a new phone. And it seems like everywhere you look, all you see is, is that phone. Or maybe if you're like my wife, you're looking for a new purse. And it seems like everywhere you look, you either see that purse or a purse like it or that branded purse. It really doesn't matter what it is, right? Whatever you think about, whatever you're looking at, it seems like all of a sudden, that's all you see. It's everywhere you look. That happens because God designed your brain with a superpower. I don't know if you knew this. We call it the RAS, the Reticular Activating System, all right? Now, some of you may know more about this than I do, but I'll do my best to explain the, the basic idea. What this is, is a bundle of nerves at your brain stem, and God gave you this, and it's this, 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 this bundle of nerves that filters out what you notice and what goes unnoticed. The reality is, is that every day, you know this, we are bombarded with stimuli, right? And if we had to focus on every single thing that that came our direction, that that came within our line of sight, every stimuli, it would drive us absolutely crazy. And so God gave us this RAS, this RAS, this reticular activating system, so that we have the ability to filter out some of those things and only see what's important. It determines what's important, what's unimportant, what's necessary, what's unnecessary. It's a filter. It's a gatekeeper, right? And it gives us the ability to see things more clearly, right? And so what happens is whatever you begin to think about, because of your reticular activating system that's been activated, you start seeing that wherever you look. Now, this is cool. This is a superpower God gave you. It's cool because because you can use this for your benefit, for your good. But you can also use this for your own demise. Think about it. How many people do you know, and you probably know some people like this, who got, they got fixated 
on the wrong things, and it led to their own destruction. How many people do you know who just got fixated on the wrong thing, and it led to their own destruction? Maybe for them, they just... They just got fixated on wanting more and more and more stuff. They couldn't stop shopping. They couldn't stop spending. Whatever they saw, they wanted it. And so they went and got it. And all of a sudden, they're in so much debt. They're in over their head. They don't know how to get out of it. And now they're looking at maybe filing for bankruptcy. And now their marriage, their relationship, it's on the brink of divorce. It's coming to an end. And you see their life unraveling. And you're not sure if they're ever going to be able to recover. All because they got fixated on the wrong things. How many people do you know that they got fixated? They got sucked into the, 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 the dark hole that, that can be the internet, right? And maybe it was social media, maybe it was something else, but, but they got like way down deep in that rabbit hole. And, and, and it could have been any one of a number of traps that await any of us online. It might've been lust. It might've been just playing the comparison game and trying to keep up with the Joneses. It, it might've been, you know, hate. Or it might've been some conspiracy theory that got hooked on. It, it could be anything, right? But all of a sudden, they get into a very dark place. They've been sucked into the vortex, and you're not sure if they'll ever recover. Why? Because somewhere along the way, they got fixated on the wrong thing, and it led to their own self-destruction. What you think about, what you think about, it determines how you feel, what you do, and ultimately who you become. And the thing about this is that it's always been true. It's true now, just like it was true some 2,000 years ago. And, And I think the apostle Paul understood this. He knew this when he was writing to this group of Jesus followers living in the ancient city of Rome some 2,000 years ago. What's interesting is that up to this point in his life, Paul had never been to Rome. He had never met this this group of Christians he was writing to, but he knew that this was true about them, just like he knew that this is true about us. If you have your scriptures, your Bible, or if you have the YouVersion Bible app, I'd love to invite you to open up to Romans 8. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 all the way up until Easter, just kind of walking through this incredible chapter together. But but right here, what I want you to see in Romans 8, we'll start in verse 5. What I want you to, to notice is that Paul thinks this is so important, that nothing is more important than what we fix our thoughts on. Nothing is more important than what we fix our thoughts on. This is what he says in Romans 8, starting in verse 5. He says, those who were dominated by the sinful nature... Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, they think about, there it is, they think about sinful things. So how do you know if you're being dominated by the sinful nature? Well, here's the test. What do you think about? What do you think about? What is always on your mind? If you wanna wanna know, am I being dominated by my sinful nature? Here's the test. Paul says, I want you to think about your thought life. Are you winning the battle of your mind or are you losing the battle of your mind? And you probably know someone or maybe you've even been in that place before where you know at that moment in time or you know for this person in this moment in time, they are being dominated. You've been dominated by your sinful nature. Maybe it was because at that moment in life, you were just consumed with greed, right? You just wanted more and more and more of whatever it was. And if someone were to ask you, well, when is enough enough? 
you wouldn't have an answer to that question because the truth is you're never content, you're never satisfied, you're never happy with what you have. You're losing the battle of your mind. Or maybe it was lust. And maybe you're thinking, man, I wish we wouldn't talk about that because then I could pretend like, like it's not really a struggle for me. But the truth is, it is a struggle. The lie is that you believe is that you're the only one that struggles with it. But the truth is everybody struggles. Everybody has a struggle. And for a lot of people, this is their struggle. But it's become an addiction. It's become a habitual sin. And the truth is, it's all you can think about. You failed the test or maybe you've aced it because the truth is, it's all you think about. It's all that's on your mind. And you're losing the battle of your mind. What you think about, it determines how you feel, what you do, and ultimately who you become. Are you winning or are you losing the battle of your mind? And some of you think, well, I don't struggle with things like that. Maybe your struggle is different. Maybe you struggle with apathy. Truth is, you just don't really care. There's not much you care about. You don't really care about others. You, you don't care about the kinds of things that God cares about. For some of you, maybe it's just straight up laziness. You'd just rather be on the couch than do anything else. And that does describe most of your days. Or maybe it's wasting time. You can stare at your screen perpetually for hours and just let the time go by. Maybe it's boredom. And what you fail to realize is that that's just another way of losing the battle of your mind, anything that, that's not productive or truly restful or life-giving, those are, those are things that, that, that that's the gravitational pull away from the life that God wants for you, the life that God has for you. Anything that doesn't lead you into deeper faith, deeper hope, and deeper love, that's pulling you away from the life that God has for you. That's losing the battle of your mind. Are you winning? Are you losing the battle of your mind? It's so important because what you think about it, right? It determines how you feel, what you do, and who you become. But Paul doesn't stop there in Romans 8 verse 5. He keeps going and he says, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they think about things there it is again. They think about. They think about things that please the Spirit. What does that look like? What does it look like to think about things that please the Spirit? Well, it takes, it takes discipline, right? Because the reality is, is nobody had to teach you how to be angry, right? No, nobody had to teach you how to be selfish or self-centered or self-indulgent. Probably one of the first words you learned to say after you were born was the word what? Mine, right? Like nobody had to teach you how to be self-centered and selfish. No one had to teach you how to be lazy. No one had to teach you how to be apathetic. No one had to teach you how to, how to do all of these things that so many of us so naturally gravitate to, right? Nobody had to teach you how to do any of that. How do you break free from that kind of gravitational force that's always pulling you into what your sinful nature desires? Well, to do that, you actually need rocket fuel, right? 
Anybody ever, ever watch this? I love watching this. When um, like there's a space shuttle launch or there's rockets that are launched into outer space, it's really cool to, to watch this, to see this. Those, those rockets, they, uh, they, 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 they begin their launch sequence, the countdown begins, and then you see you know, the fire, the smoke from underneath them and the rocket fuel you know, is ignited. And then these things begin to take off and launch and they have enough power to escape to break through the gravitational force of planet Earth into outer space, right? How do you break free from the gravitational pull of your sinful nature? It takes spiritual rocket fuel. And the good news is that you have access to this kind of spiritual power in your life. And Paul calls it the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to break through the gravitational pull that is our sinful nature into the space that is God's love and God's grace and God's mercy. And how do you do that? How do you think about the things that please the spirit that give you the power to break free from the gravitational pull of sin? Well, it takes discipline. It takes spiritual discipline. In fact, that's what we call things like prayer and fasting. That's what we call things like like worship and scripture. That's what we, we call these kinds of things that help us to fix our minds on things that please the Holy Spirit. And the good news is we have 2,000 years of church history to look at, to lean on, to learn from. The good news is there's a million ways to do this, and there's probably a way that works for you. And it may be. It may be spending time every day in prayer, spending time every day in scripture. It may be worship for you. It, it may be something different. It may be art. It may be nature. I love every night seeing the moon. It reminds me of the glory and the majesty and the awe and the wonder of God. Whatever it is for you, finding a way to fix your thoughts on, to fix your mind on, those things that please the spirit, that's what gives you the power to break free from the gravitational pull of sin. Paul keeps on going. He says this. He says, so letting your, verse six, letting your sinful nature control your mind, that's going to lead to death. And remember, for, for Paul, really in all of scripture, whenever you read the word death, that's more than just physical death. That's, that's spiritual death. And for Paul, for all of scripture, what that means is separation from God. So, so letting your sinful nature, letting that control your mind, that's going to end in separation from God. But letting the spirit control your life, Letting the Holy Spirit control your life, that leads to life. What is life? Life's the opposite of death. So if death is separation from God, then life is, is unity with God. It's life in Christ, right? Letting the Holy Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. What is peace? Peace isn't just a ceasefire. I know we're all praying for that for places, you know, like in Ukraine right now, but real peace, the peace of God, is more than just a ceasefire. Peace is the way things are supposed to be. The way things God, the way things that, that, that God always intended things to be for you. Letting the Spirit control your mind, it leads to life, unity with God, and peace, the way things are supposed to be. Verse 7, for the sinful nature, it's always hostile to God. Your sinful nature, it's always in opposition to, it's an enemy of God. It's always working against God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature, that's why they'll never be able to please God. But you, first son, I love this. Here's the good news. 
but you. You, followers of Jesus living in the ancient city of Rome some 2,000 years ago, you, disciples of Jesus living in DFW in 2022, you, you were not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. You are controlled by the Spirit. And letting the Spirit control your life, that leads to life and peace. Why? How? Because. Here's the good news, really good news. The Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit is for you, leading you, guiding you, fighting for you, helping you all along your journey. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you is what the Holy Spirit has always wanted to do for every disciple of Jesus, to give you life, to give you peace. From the very beginning of time, you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, you've got Adam and Eve. You see that the gravitational pull of temptation and sin It's always away from God. God gives them this beautiful garden, everything that they could ever want, so much to fix their minds on, so much to fix their thoughts on. But what do they become fixated on? Fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The one thing God said, don't do. And that story ended in their own death and demise, their own exit from the garden, right? Why? because they become fixated on the wrong thing, because they didn't listen to the voice of God, the word of God, the spirit of God. If they had only trusted God, trusted his word, trusted his leading, trusted his spirit, trusted everything he had done and everything he had given them, they'd still be alive in the garden of Eden today. But just like Adam and Eve, the gravitational pull of our lives is always going to be away from God. And what you think about, just like what they thought about, it determines how you feel, what you do, and ultimately who you become. So maybe, maybe the question is this, who do you want to become? Who do you want to become? I want to show you a picture. This is a stunning picture of the shadow of a super massive black hole It's called M87. It's some 55 million light years away from planet Earth. You just wrap your brain around that for a moment. That just is unbelievable to me, right? That this this black hole right here you're looking at, this is a picture, an actual picture of a black hole that's 55 million light years from Earth. They they say it's 6.5 billion times the mass of our sun. I don't even have a category for that. You may be asking, how do they get a picture of this? Which is a great question. To get a picture of this black hole that's 55 million light years from planet Earth, they had to have a telescope that was the size of planet Earth. So that's what they did. They got these radio telescopes to synchronize all across the planet and work together. And they had to have 
perfect weather, perfect conditions, and maybe it was luck, maybe it was God, maybe it was something else, I don't know. But it all came together and they captured this image on massive hard drives, on all these different you know, radio telescopes all around planet Earth. They had to fly all these hard drives together into one place, use a supercomputer to stitch these images together to have this first ever, this happened in 2019, thanks to the cooperation of the International Radio Telescopes, this Event Horizon Telescope, they called it, to create this image of this black hole. I don't know a whole lot about black holes. I think they're fascinating. But here's one thing I do know. Black holes have an incredible gravitational pull. They say that if anything gets caught in the gravitational pull of a black hole, it is as good as gone. And there are so many people who are caught in the gravitational pull of the black hole of sin. There may be some of you who are caught in the gravitational pull of the black hole of sin. And you wonder, is there any escape? What if there is? In 2019, I love telling the story, 2018, we had our first ever baptism Sunday here at Riverside. We did it on Easter Sunday. We had never done this before as far as I know. And we were praying that year that we would see 12 people baptized into Christ on that day. If I remember correctly, we had three. And I'll be honest, I was excited, but I was also a little disappointed because I was really praying and hoping for 12. Here's the cool thing. That year we had 17 people confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life and be baptized. The next year, 2019, we had our second ever baptism Sunday. That year, we had nine. So if you're keeping count, that's 26 baptisms in 24 months. God did exceedingly more, infinitely more than we asked or imagined over the course of those 24 months. And you may ask, well, how did that happen? Why did that happen? Did did we all of a sudden become more evangelistic? Were we singing just as I am every Sunday until people came forward? The truth is, no, we didn't do any of that. You know what we did? We began to think about and pray about what could happen in this church, in this community. What could the spirit of the living God do living inside of us if we began to think about and pray about this idea that we want to see more people come to faith in Jesus Christ? It's almost as if we activated collectively our reticular activating system as a church. And we began thinking and praying about what could do, God could do in us and through us. And as we did that, what we saw were people, young and old, confess Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their life. And as they did, they walked into those waters of baptisms. They had their sins washed away and they stepped up out of the gravitational pull of sin into the space of God's grace and mercy and love. Never the same again. Easter, Baptism Sunday 2022 is 35 days away. We haven't been able to do this the last couple of years because of COVID and all that goes along with that. But I'm praying again for God to move in this church, in the city, in our community, to see lives changed. Why? 
Because we need more people who have the spirit of the living God living inside of them. More people who are set free from the gravitational pull of sin. More people who get to experience what happens when we set our minds on the spirit of God. Because what happens when we set our minds on things that please the spirit, what happens when we set our minds on the spirit of God is we experience life. And we experience peace. And I don't know about you. But we're living in a world right now that could use more people that are living real life and experiencing true peace. If it's true, what you think about determines how you feel, what you do, and ultimately who you become. Maybe it's time for us as a church, maybe it's time for you to think about your thought life and to think about things that please the Spirit of God. Because when you do, what you experience, what we experience, it's life, it's peace. Church, if you would, let's stand. Paul ends this section with these words, Romans 8, verses 10 and 11. He says, Christ... Get your mind around this mystery. Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. This is the gospel, the good news. The spirit of God, the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Here's the good news today, church. The Holy Spirit is for us and the Holy Spirit wants to give us life and peace. So let us set our minds on things that please the Holy Spirit. And as we do, let's experience the life, let's experience the peace that God has to offer. And let's go from this place, changed people, different people, because Christ is living inside of us. Let's sing.